Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Green on the screen is what we saw in the trade today. We're going to talk more about that export demand, you know, and how is ethanol demand looking for corn? And also, how is corn carrying basis looking? A variety of different things as we look at what's going on in South America with their weather. Oh, yeah. And if you forgot, amongst everything else that's going on in the world, we have a WASDI report coming out next week. And you're probably thinking already. Because, yeah, that's kind of how I felt, too. And we're also going to talk about how these markets really have had a factor in trade with the election day underway. And saying that, as I have said every day that we've been doing the Fontenelle Final Bell over the last couple of weeks, in no way does any discussion we have about the markets and the discussion of how it evolves around election have anything to do with one political candidate or another. So there's no endorsements going on here. Uh, But we do know that the elections have definitely had an effect on what we've seen in these market trades. We're bringing Jeff Peterson in. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. So let's start there. When we look at the corn and the soybeans, a bit of a pullback. Now, we saw some positives going on today, but this last week has been a struggle. We're at Election Day. Can we say part of this has been because of the anticipation of an election? Yeah, I I think we can. You know, if you sit back and look at it, it's good to see green on the screen like we're talking uh, here today on both corn and beans and and we've had a big pullback, you know, if we look at it from where we were at on the highs back to the lows, you know, over about 29 cents on corn and over 50 cents on soybeans. And the thing we have to realize is that on the fun side, um, as of this last Tuesday, you know, we'd have got numbers on Friday, but that is a week ago from today. Um, 276,000 contracts is what the funds were long on the corn side. 232,000 contracts of soybeans. And as a result, as they came over this last week, you know, we definitely saw them reduce the position. Reduce the position, I think, because of not necessarily who is a candidate, but more so the fact that you had uncertainty about election and what's going to happen. And then on top of that, though, you also had COVID coming in. You heard talk of the U.K., tightening things down. There's always concern when you see that happening. And also with the talk that you're hearing coming out of Illinois with Chicago in the areas, certain areas in Illinois tightening down and going away from, you know, their their restaurants or eating inside. So there gets to be a little concern. And I think what we did is we just took some of the weaker sh- uh, longs, excuse me, not the shorts, but the weaker longs out of the market. And uh, and now we're coming upon election day. Now we're getting a little bit of a bounce back higher here, Susan. That's kind of how things are setting up. So as we look at this, and I know that uh, export demand, the way the dollar has been trading, have also been some influences that we've seen within this market trade. Yeah, you know, the exports have been really good. If we take a look at uh, starting off first, first on the corn side, you know, corn, uh, if we look at year to date, and that's crop year to date, so that's from September 1st until now, exports are up 168%, Susan, compared to a year ago. And to kind of put that in perspective, uh, USDA and their monthly WASDE report has exports on corn up about 30.7%. Now, we won't stay on that pace. That's a very strong pace on the export side. But we know what's really important is that are we getting those bushels shipped? And so export sales reports come out on Thursdays. The export inspections report come out on Mondays. And what those export inspection reports tell us is they tell us how many bushels have physically been put on ships and actually sent out of the country, how many of them have been weighed up and then inspected. And as we take a look at the core numbers there, we're actually year to date, same thing going back to September 1st, we're up about 83% compared to a year ago on those corn inspections. So, you know, corn demand on the export side is getting off to a very strong start. 
so export demand and and looking um, obviously as we head closer to 2021 are you seeing or could we see a bit of a dip coming as I know we'll talk more about South America in a little bit but it just seems like they've been buying U.S. buying U.S. and when I say they just everybody in general at some point are we going to see that type of a pullback take place? Well, I think I think we can. There's a few things that we, the market has to wrestle with there, and uh, some of that is is that what else happens? Okay, so let's talk about that. So, in amongst everything we've talked about so far, we haven't mentioned the Ukraine, and Ukraine actually has had some dryness. They kind of experienced the end of their crop, which was kind of very similar to ours, which kind of had some dry conditions, as, and as a result of that, their crop is getting shorter. As a matter of fact, there's some news reports coming out today that saying some of their domestic users would like them to consider um, putting some type of export quotas in place, potentially. And and they're the big deal about that is Ukraine. We they're not a, a big producer, but they are a big exporter. And and as a result of that, uh, we could see some additional demand come. Uh, not so much probably from Europe there, but we could see from some other countries that normally go to the Ukraine in a Black Sea area that could bring their demand to the U.S. The other thing that we have out there is that we know because of the lateness of the planning, that's going to push back the safrina crop. So think about this, Susan, from Brazil's perspective. This corn crop that they're planting along with some beans, that domestic crop, that'll get used up a lot of internally. So that has to get harvest, which that won't happen until we get in, you know, into March, into April. Then you got to get the safrina crop planted so that we can have those bushels sometime later in the summer. And that's the next time really Brazil has bushels available from the export side. And then on top of that, Argentina would have some bushels that would be available sooner than what Brazil would be. But uh, they, they're they having some dryness issues of their own. And there's more concern with the La Nina setup down there that as we go further down the road, we could end up seeing some uh, additional dryness, which in past years has impacted their production. So you've got some of the major world exporters that are having some issues. And and all these just need to kind of be watched. It's not a warning at this point by no means, but but that's why I think we continue to see some, some strength in U.S. exports and probably don't see the pullback quite like what we'd expect in some other years. All right, we'll stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about exports and not only from a soybean perspective, but we're going to look at what's going on with ethanol and demand. And is there the export potential there as well? More is coming up on this Tuesday. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue the conversation with Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners. So let's talk some ethanol demand. Is there concerns because of COVID ramping up? We're heading into the late fall and soon to be winter months, which means normally less driving. And then from an export perspective, there's still the potential there as well. Well, let's kind of break that apart. So we'll take kind of the domestic use first. And and I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely some concerns, Susan. We, every, in the back of everybody's mind, they hope it doesn't happen, is, is what happened, you know, last March. And and where we had the, the tightness, you know, at one point we had 93% of the country shut down, or 300 million people shut down because of, you know, just stay-at-home orders. And, and that's what the market's, you know, in the back of the mind thinking about. Just to give you an idea, since September 1st, and we look at the weekly ethanol numbers, and those come out every Wednesday from EIA. 
USDA is estimating that we'll be up 4.1% compared to a year ago. So far, though, we're down about 6.6%. So we've got some work to do there. And, and actually, what I'd say from the domestic side is that it's possible down the road that we could actually end up having to lower that production number and usage number, uh, you know, from the corn side down the road. Now, we take a look at the demand side on the export side, and, and there's still some hope there. Um, we'll have to continue to see if, if you know, the U.S. is it ultimately has some issues with COVID. That's one thing. But, you know, we are seeing potentially Europe have a few issues, too. So, you know, the export demands a little bit of a question mark. But but there is some bright hope in, in some other countries that may pick up some of the ethanol side. So that's one we'll just have to continue to watch and monitor. What about soybeans? How's demand been going export-wise for the beans? You know, soybeans have been very good. And actually, even even though corn's been really good, soybeans have even been better. Um Right now, in, in the year-to-date numbers don't necessarily show it, but we're up 145% compared to a year ago. And, and normally we get quite a bit, a few purchases, or at least in past years we've been used to getting a lot of you know exports on the books early, and, and we're kind of back to that. And just to give you a point of reference, USDA in their monthly WASDE report would have exports up for soybeans about 31.2% is, is what they'd show there. We're off to a good pace on the shipments too, on the soybean side, up about 74% on the shipments. And, and one number that I think is really interesting though on the soybean side as we dig into it is really just how many exports, you know, we've talked about the big increase we have, but let's, let's put some numbers to that, Susan. What that means right now is that we have already sold 1.726 billion bushels of soybeans, and that's 78.4% of what the estimate is for the full year. And granted, a lot of that is on the books for for China, and so there's always that concern on whether or not they'll take all those. But, you know, we're off to a very quick pace. As a matter of fact, look back in the records and just took a quick peek back through 2013, and, and this is the largest amount of export sales we've had on the books by far. And as a matter of fact, just to kind of put this in perspective, this type of number that we're at to 1.726, the quickest that we'd ever reached at numbers in past year was out in mid-December, and that was in 2016. And 2016 turned out to be the largest amount of soybean sales we'd ever had uh, coming out of the U.S., so on the export side. So, yeah, we're off to a really good start there, too. The issues that we've seen and heard a lot of talk about when it comes to weather in South America, is that going to be a problem for them down the road? Well, I think as we talked about earlier, it's a little bit of an issue. They'll get the crop planted. It's going to go in a little bit later than what they'd like, but they'll still be okay on the soybean side. I think it could hurt their corn yield a little bit coming out of Brazil and their safrina crop. But I think the thing we'll have to watch longer term is what that's going to mean for dry conditions going into Argentina. And and as it looks like this La Nina is kind of strengthening, we know it's not the same every year. I think it's something we'll have to watch because, you know, they're a very important soybean meal and soybean oil export along with a very important corn exporter. So so that could mean some demand for the U.S. down the road. But that's a little ways out yet. But it's on our watch list. Speaking of on the watch list, hard to believe it's WASD time again. I know. It's hard <laughs> to believe that, isn't it? And, and actually a week from today. So what, we, what we're looking at there, just to kind of a few things, um, I don't think we'll see much for adjustments on the corn side. I do think they should adjust the corn export number higher, but I don't think they will. I sat in and listened into the, the WASD or the USDA's user group meeting, 
and on data. And what they are talking about is they don't think we'll see any adjustments on the exports there just because the trade rate quotas for China haven't been raised. And I don't think until those are raised, we'll see any change there. Over on the bean side, though, I do think, based on what we've seen for the purchases and where we're at there, I think we could actually see them increase exports. 50 million bushels, I don't think that's out of line. I don't think we'll see much for adjustments on the yield side, but that's really going to tighten up that soybean balance sheet, and that's something we're going to have to to watch closely going forward. All right, sounds good, Jeff. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. We've also got some free market commentary available there. Or follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.